What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Uh, ah, we're actually recording in the in the evening today, yeah. and I feel I feel I can speak louder, much louder than I can speak when I'm at night. Naturally, lah. Right. Yeah, I have to speak louder, but then at the same time, I can hear. You have company also. Yeah, I got a baby <laughs> in the background. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you you do you don't play our podcast to him yet yet lah right? No lah, no lah. I think I think he's a he not he wouldn't really enjoy the topics as much at this point. Mm, mm, yeah, he's still more into like the voice. yeah he's still more into milk and pooping and all that lah. Oh, speaking of topics, uh, to anyone new listening to this podcast, mm. <laughs> it is a thrice weekly podcast where two of us try to wrap our head around the news, the latest. Uh, buzzworthy topics with a touch of humor, humor and comedy. Yeah, yeah, right. And I mean, this this episode today was almost the moment the first topic came out. Mm. First news was out. We knew the next podcast was going to be about it, like. Yeah. Although it's a couple of days removed, today is the twenty fifth of April yeah. already, yeah, Sunday. Yeah. So this announcement, I mean, the topic came out on Friday. So it's mm. uh, it's uh, we've had a day to process it more or less. Yeah. Is there anything we need to plug before that? Yeah, I mean, as always, we uh, need to plug. I mean, okay, let, let's plug the live show, lah. Yeah, yeah, I think right. the live show. Yeah, we're yeah, pretty excited episode. about the the live show coming up, uh, where we yeah. are. We are one of several different comedians that are going to mm. be performing in front of a live audience for three nights straight, right? Mm. And yeah, uh, six, yeah, it's, it's, do you have six. the details. Yeah, it's 6 to 8 May, uh, 8.15 p.m. each night. Uh, the event is called A Dose of Comedy 2. Mm. This is off the back of A Dose of Comedy 1, which was uh, done to a sold-out crowd three nights where Kumar was headlining with a few other comedian yeah. uh, comedians. This show, it's us and Gurmit Singh and Sam C and a few other comedians as well. And yeah, I think the biggest thing for us is uh, is the first time we're both going to be doing stand-up comedy alone. Mm, mm, it sounds, alone. I mean, How's yeah, your prep coming along, man? I mean, right now I have uh, I have uh, some something on paper, mm. you know, like I'm having a nightly show with my girlfriend where she's uh she's she's acting as the audience and and heckling me, mm-hmm. so I'm having to to deal with that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been kind of like a, I mean, it, it's a totally new experience for us because if you think you can write a tweet, if you think you can write a Facebook post, if you think you can write a video, it's all fucking totally different from writing a stand up set, mm. Yeah. What about you? How's your prep so far? It's okay. Just just. Taking a step at a time. Oh, confident, uh. yeah, confident. Yeah. Uh. But uh, I guess yeah, we'll so talk more about it probably after. Uh. I don't want to talk too yeah, much about correct, it before. Uh, yeah, but yeah. we're doing five minutes of stand-up comedy each and then we're going to do a skit for 10 minutes. Mm. Uh, the whole show is going to be an hour plus. It's going to be fucking dope. Yeah. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. But jumping right into the topic. The first yeah, topic. what is the monumental thing that happened on 23rd April that you hinted at just now? It's the cabinet reshuffle. Singapore government cabinet reshuffle yeah. promised two reshuffle. weeks ago. To promised two weeks ago by uh, Lee Hsien Loong after the yeah. fallout that was Heng Swee Keat uh, stepping aside as the Minister of Finance. So this yeah. was the much vaunted cabinet reshuffle, uh, and I think we got more than we expected, uh, Right? Mm. I mean, it's almost like there was a trailer two weeks ago, uh, mm. And because the last Heng Swee Keat was, uh, I mean. The ex sugar daddy Heng was uh, his stepping down was announced 
two weeks ago on Thursday and this cabinet reshuffle was done on Friday. So it's almost two weeks to the T, right? Mm. Um, even then, there was no news. I think people knew of that two-week timeline, but I think only on the day itself. The media probably knew like, because there was a slew of articles that came out after that. Mm. Um, and I think it's probably strategic also. Like, they do it on Friday. Um, I think the last time we spoke about it, they announced such monumental things on Thursday, Friday because the weekend kind of gives... I don't know what the reason is, but feels like this is not just as opposed to releasing it on Monday, lah, right? It's what they say, what like if you're gonna resign from your job, the best day to resign is like I think Friday, right? Why? Eh? Because it gives you a breather, but also gives uh I mean, there's less opportunity for for the I mean for for there to be angry reactions, lah, you know? Yeah, over yeah. because everyone usually when there's such monumental news, usually people need uh, a day or two to really get over the emotions of it, and mm. then come so to a more level-headed response. Ah. so you're saying like people like Chan Chun Singh, Lawrence Wong, ah, like, like WhatsApping PM Lee, ah, hey bro, can talk or not? Then yeah. PM said, no, no, sorry, Monday, Monday. Yeah, probably. Sorry, weekend, weekend, family weekend time. Family weekend, time. family time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but this one, yeah, like, this one's the boss laying down the new, the new. The new uh, responsibilities, so uh, there's probably less less uh, of a backlash, lah. Right. Yeah. So so after doing the research that uh, for this podcast and reading through and all, do you feel you have a good grasp around the whole reshuffle? Right? Uh, I think definitely a bit unexpected in the sense that a lot of people were saying that the whoever's chosen as the next minister of finance is mm. most likely the front runner for the next PM, uh, mm. and. Uh, yeah, they. I mean, so you would be thinking that it's one of the so-called front runners from uh, that that we discussed before, whether it's Chan Chun Sing or yeah. Uh, but Lawrence Wong was put forth as the new Minister of Lawrence Finance. Wong, so yeah. that kind of throws everything, the whole theory, into the into question. Uh, like, is it is that is it really a valid theory? Because yeah, maybe maybe this Minister of Finance seat is not as uh, not as important as we thought it was. Uh. But there's only been one PM who has not held the Ministry of Finance Minister of Finance post. Uh, is Go Chok Tong. Mm. Um, but he was senior minister of state or something. So basically, yeah, everyone else has has been PM, has been a minister of finance before becoming PM. Yeah. But even as I say that, right, how many PMs have we had? Uh? Exactly. I was just about to say the size of the, the sample it size ma- is small. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's what three how many we've had, we've had Lee Kuan Yew, Lee Sen Lung? Am yeah. I missing? Go Chok Tong. The rest were all yeah. Oh yeah, is go it? chok tong la, correct. Yeah. So, oh fuck, then that statistic is meaningless, yeah, like one out of three. Two of them are related, you know, father and son. So <laughs> what the fuck? Like you can't really look at that as a as a sample size. Uh. Yeah. So I mean, like as I read through the stuff, I mean we will go through the the big reshuffles and all that, but I almost felt like okay, by the end of reading it, it's almost like you know, you study for exam, you cram, you know the facts. Mm. But after a while, after I read it, you know, like just before this podcast started, I was like, wait, who's what? Where? Yeah. I know like Lawrence Wong is Minister of Finance and all that. Yeah. And just just I mean, I think maybe because, you know, like the most the pop culture ish uh government in the world is the US. You know, everyone mm. watches mm. it. And it's very clear from the start, like, okay, if this party gets the vote, this guy will be the leader. Mm. Whereas this one is watching like PM Lee just just decide almost of course he has spoken to a bunch of people and all, but it feels like he's the one who just decides, okay, I'm gonna do this reshuffling and all that. And mm. it just feels kind of like we're watching a reality show, lah. Yeah, yeah. And then you kinda it feels like you don't know the ending until the last episode, lah. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, there's really no clear front runner right now. 
Yeah, this way maybe it's like you know Game of Thrones is like the it keeps it keeps keeps you there lah. And I think the I, I th- that's one one thing about the ministers. It's almost like I wonder what's going through their heads, what kind of conversations they're having with each other with PM Lee because this probably came. I mean, the news was not going to be news to any of the ministers. It's just news to the public, right? Mm-hmm. But the dynamic just blows my mind, man. Like, are they? There has to be politics between them. There has to yeah. be like, hey, fuck, that person got minister. What the fuck? How come yeah. this? Then this one. So I think uh, one thing that I think a lot of uh, commentators or people online have started to to bring up like, is that uh, Ong Kung moving away from the Ministry of Transport. That's mm. uh, be- especially given that transport is a uh, is seen as a very uh, very toxic ministry to be to be handling, like, mm. right? You mm. hardly ever hear any good things about Ministry of Transport, but you hear a lot of bad things all the time. That's the only thing you hear. So they're saying. Maybe the fact is moving him away from Ministry of Transport and uh, putting him as a Ministry of Minister of Health, which is mm. uh, next to I mean, who appears constantly next to Lawrence Wong at all the briefings and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe mm. that's a way to soften his image, lah, so to speak, as in give yeah. him a chance to 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 have that front line, that front line view as well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I also know that they said Chan Chun Singh becoming Minister of Education is a is a way for him to focus on a local issue and you know earn the trust of the people and all that. But mm. it feels like that kind of thing can be spoken about any appointment to anywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's always pros and cons to each appointment. I mean, except yeah, like I said, Ministry of Transport. I think Ministry of Transport is a lot of people see it as like the 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 death knell on your on your political career. Uh, and oh, really? Ong Yi Kung was only there for a short <laughs> while only la, a few months only yeah. yeah that's the thing about Ong Yi Kung and, and uh, Lawrence Wong you know 10 months mm, right yeah. and that's what it, it almost feels like yeah like this is almost like a reality show but just thinking about these ministers it's almost like you're being sh- you get your new job posting you know a lot of people have worked in corporates you get your ju- new job posting mm. except in this case the whole the country knows about it yeah. the whole country talks about it and makes speculations about it la, because there were four front runners for PM right mm. Desmond Lee Apparently he didn't get any new appointment, lah, right? Mm, yep, yep, yep. He will continue to head the Ministry of National Development. Mm. Uh, but everyone else kind of like got something where you can make some sort of like extrapolation. Oh, this is good for their yeah. for their road to PM, lah, right? Yeah, broadly speaking, I guess you could say that all of them seem to be diversifying their portfolio slightly, right? Mm. By getting a slightly different appointment that 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 you know, whether pros or cons or anything, but uh it makes a more well-rounded uh, individual lah, when you when finally mm. choose the PM. But Desmond Lee is also the youngest. Lah. He's only 44. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Lawrence yeah. is 48 and Chan Chun Singh and Ong Yi Kang are 51, uh, I believe. Yeah. But, but yeah, it, it and I mean, it's just also another thing, you know, here's like Ministry of Transport and all that, but like Ministry of Law, right? No one mm. fucks with Shanmugam, man, right? No, no one goes there. No one. That's why, yeah, there's no talk about any replacement. Yeah. You can imagine like PM Lee messaging Sham, hey, Sham, uh, can we talk? Uh? Yeah. Sham's like, about what? PM Lee, about the ministry. He's like, yeah, what about what? Huh? About what? Well, then, okay, okay, never mind, never mind. I'll, I'll catch, you, catch you again, man. Catch you again. No, it's because he's just too overqualified for the job. There's just no questions about it, like, you know? No one else can... can it's coming yeah. close to taking over. <laughs> no, maybe even if there's someone who was uh, close to taking over, Shamugam will interview them for like eight hours. Oh, and, you yeah. know, like sit on a chair that's higher than theirs and like pull up their history. <laughs> 27 years ago, you had a chat with your Karanguni men and you said this. Is that correct? Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, I mean, um, 
I, I guess I guess there's definitely people in line la, and, and needing to you probably need to have a legal background to really be the minister of law. Uh, mm. I, I would guess that's but, the minimum uh, standard, la, right? But the same could be said about Minister of Finance and all that. No, uh, no, 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 no. Finance can come from a lot of different sources. Uh. You could be a corporate guy who worked through the ranks mm. within a uh, uh, bank oh, yeah, or that's whatever. True. Or you that's could be true. a business owner who manages finances for you know your own business, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Then I wonder how how Gan Kim Yong feels, because uh, he was Minister of Health, mm. and like what you say, like he was at the front, you know, side by side with Lawrence Wong during the time of a global pandemic. Yeah. I think many people who never knew Gan Kim Yong before that, like he's almost like off the top of the head, like who are the ministers? You know, yeah, Lawrence yeah. Wong, Gan Kim Yong, yeah. Lawrence Wong, Gan, Gan Kim Yong. Yeah. Then now it's Ong Yi Kung. Yeah, so and, uh, it's it's interesting lah in the sense that now, uh, you I mean Singapore we're not out of COVID yet, but we are seen as doing a lot better than a lot of other places, right? So yeah, yeah, is yeah. that is that Gan Kim Yong to, to Gan Kim Yong's credit or, you know, whoever takes over him also would be getting the credit there. Because I think a lot of people were won over by Lawrence Wong in the last year in terms of his mm. communication skills and, and his his seemingly tireless work ethic, right? Um mm. and then now Ong Yi Kung shares st- will share the stage with him. And we have a chance to see Ong Yi Kung also uh, you know, speak up and 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 co-chair the committee, lah, right? The multi-ministry yeah. task force, and on equal, yeah. I think because he's so effectively bilingual, uh, he also has a lot of fans, lah, that from from uh, Chinese speakers and all as well. Well, he is very effectively bilingual. Yeah, I think he impressed a lot of people with his command of Mandarin during the elections. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So then I guess also because Gang Kim Yong is 62, mm. so he's not in a running for PM, yeah. right? He's not um, 4G, he's 3G. He's not 4G. So, so it's almost like, you know, you get you hear all these companies being encouraged to employ senior citizens above 60 incentives. Mm. You know, whereas in the government, it's like, oh, you're 62. Uh, okay, you, you fuck off. Uh, Ikung, Ikung. Okay, yeah. you take you take Gang Kim Yong's position. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's, 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 there's leadership succession. Uh. It's important, mm. it's important. They're not just like, yeah. you know, rank and file people that you... That you hire also lah. These these are they true, need they, true, the, true. part of the job scope is to train the next generation mm-hmm. So so maybe just the the there are fifteen ministries in Singapore and just to do a quick recap over the 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 moves mm. just so if you're listening mm. you can get enough of an idea to sound smart when you're talking to your friends. Yep yep yep. Right, that's my goal. That's my goal of reading this and doing this podcast so that I don't, I can at least participate in some conversations, lah. Yeah, right? let's not underemphasize how important sounding smart in front of your friends is. Yeah, it's fucking important. It's important in this day and age, right? Yeah, it's this day and age. When, when, when like house parties are the norm. Yeah, right? and then like yeah, you know, I think everyone has been in a position where someone says some ministry and you at the top of your head you're thinking of who the fuck the minister is and you're like you just stall, you stall. Yeah. No man. Last time no, six pack and being good looking was very important. You know, yeah, you, now you cannot, go clubbing, you cannot talk anything. Now you oh need yeah, to like exactly. go to house parties and you need to be engaging. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> last time clubbing and like when you got more than eight, you know, like someone talking about politics, you can go to another group. If you're with a group of eight yeah. or like six, so they start talking politics, you got no one to have these side conversations with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to know. Correct, correct. Yeah. And just know enough to sound smart. So doesn't yeah. matter what the fuck you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Please give us the lowdown. <laughs> So, so there are fifteen ministries in Singapore. For those of you who maybe not uh, may not have been aware, uh, like myself, uh, and seven ministries had the change of ministers, lah. Mm. Right. So, so Lawrence Wong, I guess, I guess that's one of, one of those positions that everybody would be would know because Minister of Finance is like the, 
He's like the hot seat, like yeah. the number nine in the team. Yep. Right. Sugar so daddy, he's, the new sugar daddy. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, the new sugar daddy. Yeah. Oh my God, but, but sugar daddy Wong doesn't sound as good as sugar daddy Hang. We'll, we'll come up with something else. La. Something else. Wow, sugar daddy Wong. Yeah. Sounds like a, like a school principal like that. Yeah. There's something sugar wrong Wong. about it. Yeah, there's something wrong about it. Sugar daddy Wong is now the minister of finance. He used to be the minister for education. Mm. Which I thought was Ongi Kong, but I guess I was wrong. It was previously. Then oh. it was after election it changed. Oh yes, correct, correct. Oh, so after election, yes, yes, correct, correct, correct. Okay, so so Lawrence Wong, I mean to his credit, he was second minister of finance before. Mm. So he it's not say he was just parachuted into this industry. La. Correct. So he's minister of finance. And then Chan Chun Singh took over from Lawrence Wong mm. to be minister of education. And he used to be? Minister for Trade and Industry. Yeah. Trade and Industry. And then, so maybe if we talk about just like the industry. So, so Chan Chun Singh left a, a vacuum in Minister for Trade of industry, trade and Industry. And who took over that? Was it? Uh, uh, Tan Si Ling, is it? Fuck off, it's Gan Kim Yong. Oh, Gan Kim Yong. I see, I see. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, we're trying to establish a chain. Yeah. Mm. Gan Kim Yong took over Ministry of Trade of in- Minister for Trade of Industry, and then he left a gap and Minister for Health. And who took over that? Uh, Ong Kung. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Ong Kung is like a game of musical chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, Ong Kung became Minister of Health, and he relinquished his appointment as Minister for Transport. Mm. Okay. So this this is going to be a bit of a pickle. Mm. Then as do you do you have Siswaran? Yeah. Yes. yes. The token Indian. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm. In the in the seventh cabinet reshuffle, so he took over as, as minister as for transport. This is one used to be the minister of uh, communications, was it? Mm-mm-mm. Correct. Minister of communications yeah. and information. Yeah. Um, and, and he will continue as minister in charge of trade relations in the Ministry of Trade and Industry. Mm-hmm. So after reading all this, I also literally Google structure of the Singapore government ministries mm. because... Some ministries have senior ministers. Some ministries don't have senior ministers. Some ministries have people in charge of relations. Some don't. Mm -hmm. So this whole thing is like, there's there's no real official hierarchy uh, or umbrella. Like, you know, the org chart, the org chart. I don't think there's an official org chart. Yep, 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 yep. Right. So, So then... Uh, do you know who took over the the minister of communicate for communications information? Uh, was it Josephine Tio? Yes. yes. So ironic. Yes. Because I think if there's one thing that has been put in question over the past year from her is her communication. Mm, I think to to yeah, like especially during the election, there were certain things. Uh, I mean, not, not even prior to the election, certain things as the ministry minister of manpower. Certain mm. things she said that uh, yeah, caught the question, uh, you know, which was some of the about. I mean, I think about the foreign workers, right? The migrant dormitories. Yeah, about apology to foreign workers and things like that, lah. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, she also is uh, famous for saying that uh, Singaporeans don't need that much space to have sex. Yeah, and the crying. I think yeah. during the election there was the or prior to the election, there was a oh, crying in in parliament as well. Yeah, so yeah. So, in parliament, yeah. yeah, so so in some sense, a lot of these positions are, I don't know, like hard to say also whether it's a promotion or demotion. I guess 
if you're minister of finance, minister of health, that's definitely like you're you're stepping up, mm. You're being stepped up. Yeah. Right. Because of the prominence then, of these industries, uh, of these ministries, lah. In the last yeah, year. exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Um, and uh, once she relinquished her appointment as minister for manpower, uh, who 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 took over that position? Uh, Tan Si Ling, right? Is it? Yes. Uh, and, yes. And he and he is someone that. Oh, so you mean you don't have a tab in front of you? You're I literally don't, remembering this. I'm remembering right? this. Yeah. Wow, eh. You need to. It's important to wow. know who's in charge of what. The next time you want to complain, you know who to complain to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so if the MRT breakdown, who should you complain to? To Esiswaran, uh, Yes. <laughs> if you've got migrant worker issues, then Tan Siling. Yes. Uh, yeah, I know Tan Siling is, is is interesting because he only just came into into the into Parliament, right? But yeah, because yeah. of his and he's a I think he's a doctor or something or medically trained. So mm. in uh, or he had his own business running a medical profession. Uh, so in terms of uh, private sector experience, he's got a wealth of it, lah. That's why a lot mm-hmm. of people are like. That's why he's very vaunted, you know. Even though he's a very new politician, lah. And yeah, he only got elected in twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And but and he's not young. He's not the four G kind of age either, right? Yeah. So so it's interesting because I honestly like had had not uh, heard much of him or read out much of him, but but yes, he has a business experience. He he was a medical practitioner and an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so pretty pretty established. Um, he used to be the COO of Mount Elizabeth Hospital. The COO yeah. of what, sorry? COO of Mount Elizabeth Hospital. Ah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, so he's been a C-level suite at, at those sort of, of uh, institutions. Yeah. Um, then... After that, I guess those were the the seven lah. Yeah, those the, the seven that ones. were. But I guess the yeah, other one that there are yeah. a lot of people talking about about uh, Josephine Teo lah, right? Mm mm mm. Like, <laughs> so she gonna she I mean about her additional appointment or just her uh, primary appointment? Just I think people are saying wow, they're just amazed that she's still, you know, um, still in the running for 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 minister. And, and, yeah, minister <laughs> and everything lah. Yeah. And I mean, she also has the additional task of uh, being a minister in charge of the Smart Nation Initiative, mm, correct, which correct. is what she's taking over from Mr. Vivian B. Yes, that's right. Correct. So that means Trace Together is now her problem. La. I believe so. But Trace Together is now has been is seen as quite a big success, right? True, la, true. Yeah, la. It's yeah, not so yeah, much yeah. a problem. Yeah, it's not it's just, it's but it's one problem. of those... Yeah. Those dicey things in terms of communication communications. Yeah. That's where the problems could, could arise. Like right. you don't kind of manage people's expectations. And she's also going to be minister in charge of the cybersecurity agency of Singapore. Mm. And the one I think yeah. uh, they want a little bit like transport that you don't hear about it unless there's a problem. You know, like hackers or things like that happening. Yeah, in fact in this day and age, that's a fucking important position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, wow. So she got a pretty full plate, huh? Quite, quite a full plate. Show to you. But yeah. Show to you. But uh, yeah, I, I, there's, there's not much you can glean from, from those that that reshuffling of those people who are not in the front line of PM, lah. Maybe, maybe yeah, they're yeah, just, exactly. Maybe the reshuffles happened because they had to, you know, relinquish positions and things like that, lah, to to yeah. make space for others. But for I those guess, in the uh, yeah, those in the running, definitely you can see um, you you can make an argument for why each of them needed to move to that, that post. Uh. 
And and I guess the one thing that biggest realization for me was like, oh, the I'm guessing most countries actually their political uh, landscape is is more similar to this than the US. I think the US mm. has kind of skewed my understanding of political appointments and, and all that too yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, because most countries probably, especially if you're in the Commonwealth, it probably mm. works in this sort of system la, where you have the PM and the PM essentially makes the final call on who goes where la, as yeah. opposed to the to the US. La, right. I think the US, the cabinet is pretty much... Uh, still picked by the president. Still picked by the president. But you're talking about representatives and senators and all that. Then those are voted yeah. in. Uh, yeah. yeah, those are voted in. Whereas this one is like, oh, like, this is, I don't know whether like they, if pre-COVID times, whether they would have like, a, you know, a, an after party after this reshuffle has come out and everyone is like, oh my God, you got this position. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah, when I was in this position and you know, all the ministers like get drunk together and then just have a crazy night. Like. No, they need to have to go to the new departments or new ministries mm. they charge off. Then they need to start mm. playing icebreaker games. Oh, yeah, correct. Like where you wear a tag. Hi, my name is Lawrence. And yeah. I'm the new Minister of Finance. So and if I could be an animal, <laughs> I would like to be an eagle. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> now let's pass the pillow to the next person. <laughs> yeah. Then after that, have some tea break, you know, where yeah. nobody wants to be there, but you just carry on. And then when the minister comes and says, oh, you know what has four legs and is brown? A yeah. table. Yeah, and yeah. everybody goes, oh, that's so good. And then bring, to, bring to like, what uh, a joke. like charades or something, some group activity. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That is like 6 p.m. You want to meet your girlfriend for dinner and all, but no, there's yeah. more games. More games to come. No, more games to come. Interesting. I mean, I, I think uh, overall, it, it shows us that there's still a lot of palace intrigue going on. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and we, we can't just write off anyone just yet, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, by, so, like, before all this was announced, I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be Chan Chun Sing probably. That was my yeah, that was my yeah. thought. That now I'm like, hmm, I gotta second guess my own my own guesses. Yeah, that's why. And I mean, it, it's like a, it's one of those things also that that uh, I I can see on Reddit some people are speculating that you know this if you take a more conspiracy theories thing, the reason why Heng Sui Kiat stepped down was because PM Lee wants to carry on being PM for the next five to 10 years and Heng Sui Kiat was too much of a threat. So by opening it, the opening up the race, it, it gives him a bit more buffer. Then I was like, oh shit. But that's going down a very, very, very speculative route. Mm, mm. Correct, correct. But I thought, yeah, because there can be so many ways to look at this and maybe that's PM Lee's plan. Mm. You know, like throw everyone off, then boom, plot twist. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows, man? So we will st- we'll be on standby for any further developments. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, and, and, we'll and I mean, that. interesting, interesting enough. Our upcoming guest, if if plans remain this week, is someone who does talk a lot about politics in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Right. We won't reveal as such. I guess once we confirm it, we will post something on our Reddit thread for you to kind of like uh, list down any questions you you might have for this particular guest. Yeah. That's right. Right. Correct. But then now, um, so yeah. From uh, from talking about high finance, now we talk about something that is in much smaller quantities. Uh, yeah. <laughs> from budgets of of trillions, now we talk about budgets of hundreds. What are yeah. we talking about? Um, this article that came out uh on April twenty third as well on mm. the same day, uh, that a Singapore Premier League player gets. Gets a, a a young player of the month award, which mm. you know, like oh, that's awesome. You know, like helping developed 
develop the young talent in Singapore to further our global domination through football. And then part of the title also says that he got a cash reward of $250. Yeah. And there's so a photo of I, him receiving a, a, one of those giant checks right, that, you, that you see yeah. at uh, charity events. Uh, yeah, yeah. From AIA and sponsored by AIA, a giant printed cardboard check that has $250 yeah. written on it. La. Yeah, so so I mean, initially when I read the title, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." You know, two hundred fifty dollars is the. Well, I mean, when I was young, two hundred fifty dollars was was like it's it's a big big it's a nice a nice chunk of change, like mm. right. Um, but I guess when you kind of think about it, like uh, this guy he plays for the Singapore Premier League. It's not like a like a you know like residence committee at uh at a particular housing estate that is giving this gift. Mm. It is sponsored by AIA, mm. right? You know the billion dollar insurance company and he's a professional player in the Singapore Premier League. Yeah, correct, correct. So it is $250. (laughs) Some people online were saying, hey, was it given to him by pay now? (laughs) (laughs) But actually, like, um, as someone who, you know, was a young, promising hockey player, national hockey player Mm. player at one point, um, I mean, Okay, this is just me just asking, lah, right? Like, yeah. isn't the money is a cherry on top, lah? But isn't the more important thing the pride of being the player of the month? Um, I mean, I think as you get older, you also realize that yeah, these awards are are nice, but if if they don't really help you substantially to either sustain yourself or like move in a direction to develop yourself, then it's just almost like face value and almost feels like the people giving the award get more out of it than the people receiving the award. Mm, mm. So you're saying it's, like, it's like almost like, like you're being exploited for, for, for publicity. I mean, so, so, so that's where it gets tricky because not to say that they are getting exploited because they're still getting a cash reward. Mm. But it just feels like if this is uh, the, as a, he's an SPL player, a young player award, like you look at it also for people to think, oh, you know, maybe I'll become a professional footballer because there's potential. Can you imagine like someone who wants to become a professional footballer and mm. their parents see this mm. and be like, you fucking kidding me? Like you, you are young player of the month award, which means it's not just like you know promising player where there were a lot of people who want it. Young player reward, uh, month award to me means okay for that month he was the best young player in the Premier League. Mm. Fucking get two hundred fifty dollars. But then, 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 what kind of amount would you would you feel is more appropriate? Um, maybe, so that's where, don't know, like, I think, I think, I don't know what the appropriate amount thing would be, but maybe the $250, right now it seems like the the, the best thing about the award is the monetary thing. Mm. Whereas if you're a young player of the month, I think there is a certain level of pride and like achievement there. Mm. But it's almost diluted by the money amount. Mm. So I mean, I only ask you all this because this comes off the back of, of uh, <laughs> yeah. something that got people like you hopping mad, which is when yeah. you said the six English Premier League teams mm. that were just like breaking away from the Premier League to form the European Super League with the other Italian and Spanish teams. They're all just about the money. They don't care about the fans. They don't care about the quality of football. They just care about making money. And it's horrible. Mm. This is destroying the sport and everything. So off the mm. back of that, so here you see, yala, they are being rewarded. Um, they, I mean, they're still being rewarded. It's just not for a huge amount of money. Then after that, we mm. say, oh, it's not enough money. And then how will you be incentivized to even want to play football like that? 
You know, so, mm. so what what gives man? What gives? What's with the, what's with that? Why 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 the so, on the English club we must make so much noise? Then this one, don't give money. They also make noise. Give money, make noise. You know. So this is like you are taking like a uh, uh, that kind of annoying troller approach to 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 bringing two things together and finding a line that that up in your mind clicks lah. Explain explain <laughs> because, yourself. Explain yourself before the, you engage in 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 uh, the thing diminishing, is, the thing is, diminishing my name. Yeah. No, the thing, <laughs> no, the thing is, I've said multiple times that um, I think growing up, you know, you think, oh, you know, yeah, follow your passion and like it's all about doing what you love mm. and like things will come and you know, like the, there's no such thing, money can't buy happiness and all. I I never uh, agree to the thing, money uh, can't like money is not important. I think money is fucking important, but beyond a certain point, that's when it gets fucking ridiculous, lah. And and I think anyone pursuing a passion and interest, a craft, you need to think about sustaining yourself, and it needs to be an ecosystem that supports your dreams in a way that also allows you to sustain yourself financially, lah. With you, the Europa Super League was almost like these people, these clubs. Oh yeah, the clubs might be in in debt right now, but mm. there's um even then they might be in debt, but we never really know about the accounting uh, or or how much money is in debt for a club because it's the way they, they account for it. Like the fact is there's so much money for those clubs and the players there are getting so much money already and that is almost like the stratospheric level of, of finance, uh, money in finance. Uh. But at the same time, if you ask me like you, just because people who are playing football professionally are doing what they love, uh, that means money is not important, then I'll be like, yo, and no point did I say that, man. Mm. I think I think there needs to be. Uh, uh, but the club uh, said it. The club said they need they need the money to be sustainable. Pep Guardiola mm. said that you know, uh, UEFA FIFA doesn't sit down with them to talk about what is sustainable in terms of a schedule for his players. Mm. And they they just whatever UEFA decides how many oh we're gonna have thirty six teams for the World Cup next next year. Then mm. then yeah I mean the clubs and the players just say yes sir yes sir and just do everything lah. So mm. in some sense also they were also just like um they're responding to try and make things sustainable for themselves also. Not just financially, but also just in schedules and things like that as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So and I think I think UEFA, FIFA, the and the whole global soccer system, there's a lot to be desired and there's a lot to be sorted out. Like. Uh. I think in this case, I think in this case it why it it feels a little more like um huh, really uh, it's because the to me, this is almost again like an issue of of comms lah, uh, where the monetary benefit almost feels like the the focus of it as opposed to the award itself like. And I think like going back to what you said about how come my uh, my my sentiment towards this is you know like here money matters when it comes to Euro Super, Europa Super League money doesn't matter because they are at two very different ends of the spectrum. That's mm. like saying uh, to me is like you look at someone who is earning like a shit amount of money doing a job uh, that is like a frontline worker and and me saying, hey, you know, they, they need to earn more. And then no, then on the other hand, I'm saying, no, we need to do more taxes on the rich. So that 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 to me is like, okay, like it's two very different things and it's a but, that, but that's, that connection, I feel. But that's you assuming that the that amount uh, is very little to that football player also, right? Not necessarily. Then yeah, what 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 are you basing it against, lah? As a percentage um, of his salary or something? Because let's say I mean, let's say his just, let's say the salaries mm. in Singapore football are, I'm from what I heard lah, around are quite low, around like two to two point five k even for a full time professional footballer. 
Mm. So two hundred fifty dollars is about ten percent of his salary, you know, as a bonus, if anything. Mm. So to some by by, so by that metric, it's ten percent of uh, your salary does sound pretty decent. Or okay, all right. Yeah, I I think th- that's where maybe uh, I I think for me it's it's more about okay, this is shining a light on the the financial side of things of being a professional footballer in Singapore. Like. Mm-hmm. Because if $250 is seen like as, as an award kind of, it is justifiable as an award amount. Uh, like what you said, like if it's 10% of the salary, that's great. But if the salary is 2.5K, then it feels like, wow, um, that's the state of Singapore football. Like. Mm. So I think that, that as I talk through this, that that is why like for me, it's like, oh, this is just another indication that Singapore football, you know, for all we talk that we have these goals for 2034 mm. uh, and and these hopes of, you know, making a mark in the global football. If this is a state right now, it's like, oh, there's a lot that, that is still needs to be improved. La. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I hope you don't mind me putting you on the spot for all this. La. Oh, no, no. I think it's because important. It's important. To me, to me, it's very important yeah. to... Like everyone who says like I'm a common you fan, then and then why you don't go and support your own your own <laughs> Tampines Rovers, that kind of thing. That, that to hey. me is important. It's important. Yeah, I was a member, the the first batch of Tampines Rovers members back in 2000, God knows when, when the Singapore in 95. Okay, fucking I signed up for a year-long membership. I got the jerseys and all. So, Relax. so I, I I'm not singling no, you out. No, I could I could I could sense the passive aggression in your voice. I know when you go down this one tone and when you as you walk up to your pedestal and like talk about my yeah you forgot to climb up the ivory <laughs> tower and everything also but yeah, um, that's right. but 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 i mean maybe not you la, but i would probably speak to i mean everyone knows someone who's like a huge english premier league fan but probably doesn't mm. know shit about the singapore premier league la, right everyone mm-hmm. i'm sure everyone mm. knows how or, or maybe you could be someone like that yourself like 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 me la, for mm. example mm. although although i do feel it's fun to support your grassroots organizations and all that, right? Uh, mm. and, and there's a lot of talent probably at the grassroots level that that just not discovered or just has come across a lot of uh, difficulties to being discovered. Um, mm. But yeah, so we probably, you know, we, we complain about AIA not giving them enough incentive on it, but where are they going to get the money from? I mean, as sponsors or so, they need to, you know, somehow recoup the, the sponsorships. But if, Singaporeans themselves are not watching Singapore Premier League matches to to justify the amount spent based on the eyeballs. Mm. Then then who are we to also you know in the same breath also complain about the sponsors not giving enough money la, right? No, but this is very very similar to the conversation we had with uh, Anthony Chen a few episodes ago about the state of filmmaking in Singapore. Uh, I think both of us are on the same page. And correct me if I'm wrong, is that um, that it shouldn't be on Singapore citizens to force themselves to support local. Mm. Um, because I don't know whether, whether you uh, agree with that wholeheartedly, but for me, I'm like, I, that's why I, in, even in our posts and all that, we're never like, okay, you know, just watch our content to support local. Mm. Because for me, it's like, okay, we have seen it happen with our videos in the past where if we make something that is objectively good or relatable, it will get the traction. Like, it's mm. just tough to do that. Yeah. And I think in media, for me, it's like, okay, we... People in film, people in media in Singapore need to carry on trying to just do what they can to create great shit because once you got great content, people will watch. Of course, you can appeal to people to support local, but I don't think that can be the crux of your of of your selling point. Like. And to me also football, like just based on my experience the last time uh, playing hockey and, and 
just interacting from uh, the distance with the Singapore Hockey Federation and all that, there was a lot to be improved there in terms of the running of the organization. Like, and mm. from what I've, I I know of people currently interacting with that, be it rugby, be it hockey, be it football, there's still a lot to be improved. Like. So to me, I think there, there, there is a lot of talent in Singapore in sports and athletics as well. Mm. It's just at some point along the way, it is not fulfilled. Like. And I think it's less on the players and more about the the system, if I may. Mm-hmm. But but maybe this this... Also, it's a good wake-up call for people uh, who are, if you're one of those who probably laughing at the amount of money that, that um, is being sponsored or that, why not try, yeah, try go and watch a, a football match in person or something, like, right? A Singapore mm, Premier League mm, match. Because, mm. uh, yeah, you might be surprised that the, or, or you, you, it might corroborate what you think about Singapore football. Um, mm. So we're not, we're not, I don't think I'm explicitly saying you must go and support local, but uh, maybe it's worth just going to check it out to see whether like that two hundred fifty dollars is warranted or something like that, la. Although, although, mm. uh, yeah, la, To me, one one thing that stuck stuck one comment that stuck was that the that printing that whole check and everything probably cost more than two hundred fifty dollars, So it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> someone said you might as well have just taken that money and then just like literally given him cash for it or what, la, You know. Like present, like <laughs> getting a designer to design the check, and then after that proofreading it, and then printing it, and and then hauling it around and all that probably cost more than two fifty which is probably true. <laughs> la. You could have doubled, you could have doubled the price money that way, you know. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. So I think this is one of those things that I mean, like as though the amount should be the focus of the check. I mean, normally you get those big ass checks yeah. because there's a huge amount huge la, because amount, yeah. what is a check? Yeah. It's a piece of paper tied to an amount of money. Like. Yeah. If the amount of money is small, yeah. where the fuck you get such a big piece of paper? Exactly. It's like it's like the bank charges you 50, 50 cents to write a check. Then you write a check yeah. for like less than 50 cents or whatever. Then what's the point, right? You know? Yeah. So I guess this also points out like the, the comms of AIA. Like, yeah. I mean, like, hello. Then focus on the award. Yeah. You know, focus on the player itself. You don't even have his fucking name on the on the yeah. on the on the thing, no. Yeah, rather they, they buy they spend the money that they spend on the check. Maybe buy a Facebook ad or something like right? Featuring the player. Yeah. Oh, this is the player of the month or something like that, you know? Yeah, Some because photos. the 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 line that has the biggest font is the line that says AIA. Yeah. And the AIA exactly. logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even see his name. Yeah. <laughs> So so yeah, I think maybe in that sense we we I for me la, I would give AI a pass for the fact that there is only two hundred fifty dollars, but because yeah la, they had to print such a big check and all that, I'm like, huh? Why why you why, <laughs> why why are you wasting that money printing that check? Huh? Yeah. And the rounds of approval, you know, that design probably had to go through within AIA. Exactly. Where someone was saying, Oh, you know the logo, uh, you know, maybe maybe make the lion a bit bigger, the AIA. Exactly. Yeah, you know, a bit more center and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. AIA, come on, man. Yeah, it can do better. But, yeah, but because it is the AIA Singapore Premier League. Right, I, right. I, I only just learned that as well. But I think what you said about going to support a local game, yeah, if people can, I mean, what other live events can you see, man? Yeah, and then actually, I'm quite I'm quite uh, inspired by, the, you know, the the founder, I mean, the founder and boss of uh, C Company, the C, S-E-A. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which used to be Garena and everything and now he's one of yeah. the billionaires in Singapore. He pumped, yeah. I mean, he bought over Home United right? and basically renamed them the Lion City Sailors 
Um, oh, so that's that's the thing that's getting the training facility. Eh? Yeah, so so he is not even, I mean, he grew up and studied in Singapore and obviously he's based here, his company is based here and all, but he's not even Singaporean himself. But he, you know, he loves football. He knows what it means to the community. So uh, he's invested in, 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 you know, sponsoring the Lion City Sailors, lah. Buying mm. the club and sponsoring the same, but but whether he's like he means to bring them to a higher level or what, we're yet to see. But uh, you know, to me at least, it, it shows you're giving you 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 receive something from a community, and now you're also giving back to the community. Yeah. so so that's a mm. very promising thing that I hope uh, other Singaporeans also can do as, as well. Uh. You mean to buy over a soccer club? Uh, uh no no like if you can, if you you can find two hours of your time. Other than going to a pub and watch, pay you know pay for beer for foreign beer and go and watch like English Premier League, maybe make a trek down to your local stadium or what and go watch your local team play right? Mm mm mm. Yeah, you do what you yeah. can basically. Yeah, I guess because like for um that C owner, he's really investing in the in the architect in the ecosystem like mm. the the infrastructure of football Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is cool, Which is cool. Yeah, so kudos to him for that, Kudos to him, man. But yeah, that is cool. But that brings us to cool our third segment, which is the one short comment. What yes. is your one short comment of of the last? Few My days? one short comment is a comment by. Uh, CTOH69. I know we didn't compare comments before the podcast, but I hope mm. that's not yours. No, nope, it's not. Okay, so it was on the last episode that we released, which was Yalabad episode 152, um, where we talked about the mother who was told to wear a t-shirt due to her revealing swimsuit. Correct. And the fact that Joanna Dong didn't really receive nice comments from the internet after her Star Awards uh, performance. Mm. And basically, this commenter was saying that um, is a dude because he said he won't comment on the happy fish incident which is a swimwear thing mm. but the thing about Joanna Dong la, and just talking about how uh, cover, he, he likes cover songs that are different from the original mm. and, and what I appreciated was that he actually listed down certain cover songs in the past that were covers but they still became fucking awesome la. like uh, Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah mm. All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix yep. um, Joanne Jett's I Love Rock and Roll so mm. I thought that was a a nice thing that that was okay. Here's someone who puts a comment and gives some examples um, about yeah, like like things that uh, were discussed on the podcast lah. Mm. Yeah, and I mean the thing about uh, con- giving constructive criticism. I'm glad that he's optimistic uh, that people will give constructive criticism on the internet. Um, I am not as optimistic because the internet will always have like. Uh, negativity mm. but another thing that was about the the comment also that was nice was he said that he only found out about our podcast late last year mm. early 2021 yeah uh, but he's now on his must listen to list correct correct yeah and he also did have one question which i thought would be would be interesting he said he loves the dynamic between us but was it always planned from the beginning that terence would be the straight guy to harish's more v- wacky vibe wacky yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wacky Wacky. wacky. No, because yeah, it came out organically because Terence is a lot is not as interesting or dynamic as me. Mm, so, correct, correct. So I, whoa, I, I Terrence, to- I totally you agreed. So. Yeah, I totally agree, agree. <laughs> I, I don't I don't speak in superlatives and exaggerate everything to the point of irritation. 
Yeah, wow, I tend what to a, just like keep what, things straight. Straight talker. What a, <laughs> That's why I knew when you agreed to that so quickly. Uh, I knew you were coming with a backhanded slap. No, no, no. no. But, but that was not bad. That was not bad. No, I, 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 I give you I said so calmly some somewhere, right? I didn't even like flinch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, this no, is no, a but, perfect but, example of you being a straight man to my more wacky vibeness. The wacky, yeah. yeah. Wacky. Yeah, funny. <laughs> I like that description. Wacky, yeah. Wacky, yeah. Mm, but also, Correct. it kind of leads on to my one short comment, lah, which is also about um, it's from designer underscore year underscore five eight eight four. Mm. This was in relation to our Ask Me Anything episode, lah. They said I started tuning in since July last year during the election, and have followed mm. every episode since. You guys are wow. Yeah, you guys are one of the first channels that I listen to, and have sort of set the standards of podcasts for me. So much so that I find it strange for other podcasts to have cringy intro and outro jingles <laughs> or when they are un- unable to dissect the topic as deeply as you guys do. I love the way you guys discuss current affairs. Every time I tune in, it feels like I'm participating in an intelligent discussion without having to participate at all. So kudos to you guys and hope you all release more often. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, was, uh, about five days ago, like, they made this comment. So I, I thought this was interesting because someone... People have been calling for us to have intro and outro jingles, like right, mm-hmm. and, and and just to, yeah, I think we we resisted because we always felt like, yeah, I mean that's that's just not how our conversations usually are anyway, right? We don't end. And that's with very radio like, la. yeah, yeah, that's very radio like. So I, I I totally I'm very glad someone validated what we think by mm. by saying finding it strange like that they have like this, cringy intro and outro jingles, like right. Or like every time they say something like on that thing, then like yeah. yeah. <sighs> Although it can be be really funny when it's done to some to 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 comedic effect, uh, Like I've heard on like mm. history podcasts and stuff like that, like, It's quite funny. You know, they mm. they they loop uh funny things that they hear on videos, you know, and mm. then after that they they play it back. So so that's pretty funny. Yeah. The other thing I liked about this also is that they they you know, this comment from designer year also says that. Uh, it feels like I'm participating in an intelligent discussion without having to participate at all, which mm. is uh, yeah, it's essentially. Uh, I think we 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 mentioned this before, like, where we wanna yeah, these are the kinds of conversations we sometimes have over lunch, and we sometimes don't come to any kind of particular conclusion about it, and then we just mm. like con- continue eating lunch, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so exactly. it's not like you know, everyone's pressure to support, or don't support, or anything like that, but. We're just putting our thoughts out there and, and hoping that other people also can come to our subreddit and also articulate what they think. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's cool. cool. All right, cool. And then now our final segment, the one shock thing yeah. of the past few days. Yeah, my and one shock thing is, yours, man? is uh, an event that just happened today. It was the mm. UFC 261. Mm. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to focus on the, the men's fights because... Some of them were, were pretty gruesome, lah. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you remember remember when Anderson Silva broke his leg one time when he yeah. fought against Chris Whiteman. Well, yeah. the exact same thing happened to Chris Whiteman this time when he oh fought. Oh my god! He fought the last guy to beat Anderson Silva, Uriah Hall, and his foot just like folded like a like a blanket oh. when, when he tried to kick, throw a kick to Uriah Hall's shin. But anyway. That's stomach churning. But also, I don't want to focus on that as your one joke thing. Yeah, yeah. One joke thing yeah. I want to focus on is um, the female fighter, uh, the female fighters, uh, Zhang Weili from China and Rose mm. Namayunas. Uh, 
Uh, mm. They had a championship fight. And uh, yeah, Zhang Weili has been champion for the last year. But she was taken down with one one solid uh, kick to the head. Uh. And it was mm. it happened so quickly. Like, But when she got up again, she, she, she didn't know what was happening. She thought the fight wasn't over. And she was very upset that the fight was called off and all. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just the skill level that that these female fighters are fighting at. This it almost feels like you're watching like uh, Michael Jordan, you know, in his heyday. The the the, the, mm. the kind of the, the how they set up the kick and how the kick like came in at such a weird angle, but it still hit the side of the head cleanly and everything. It's really, just yeah? quite a quite a amazing thing to watch. Huh? Yeah. So wow. if if you are a fan of mixed martial arts and or even if you're just a fan of martial arts and or you or you just want to watch like how women in mixed martial arts are, you know, are, are, have now become like main eventers themselves to watch, right? I think it's, it's mm-hmm. very interesting like, to, to watch like Rose. Uh, you can go look it up, Thug Rose and uh, okay. Chang Weili. Yeah. Chang Weili, okay. Cool. What is your one shot thing? Cool. My one shot thing is something that was announced, I think only about 12 hours ago, 13 hours ago, was that on 8th May, the you know the show Saturday Night Live. Do you know who's gonna be the guest on Eight May? Elon Musk. Yeah. yeah. And like I know it hasn't happened yet, but why I said this is the one show thing because you can already see the polarization of the internet, lah. Mm. Well, um, well, well, some yeah. people are saying some people are saying that what comedic talent does he have? Why does he deserve <laughs> to be on SNL? And these are like I think one tweet was like from my ex SNL writer, oh, really? um, and saying that yeah, saying that they. Uh, well, like, is, is his only talent being rich and spreading uh, uh, misinformation about a pandemic mm-hmm. um, and who is known for abusing employees. Mm-hmm. And then some people are saying it's just a ratings ploy. Mm-hmm. So I still feel this is my one shock thing currently because I'm, I'm excited to see how the conversation evolves. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, but Elon Musk was... Like the one time when they, he said that all oh, the glass and, on his on his vehicles are indestructible and then they threw a, a ball at it and it yeah. broke or something like that. That was pretty funny. Yeah, right? yeah. I thought if it was I mean, I mean yeah, I don't know if it was part of his stand up act or something, but it was pretty funny. If yeah. you look if you look at his Twitter account, he he does have a sense of humor, la, but oh, for sure, yeah. But I guess I guess you know in entertainment when you have people who have been toiling for years, 20, 30 years, and being the host of SNL is quite a big fucking deal. Mm, Alright. So for for him to be the host, people are like, huh? What? Mm. Of course, I'm sure there are people who are excited about it. Mm. Uh, I would say I'm actually excited about it, but I just find it. Um, I'm excited to see how the the conversation online uh uh transpires, la. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in some ways, it kind of mirrors us doing our live comedy act, la, Right? <laughs> <laughs> are we billionaires? Wait, no. But wait, have we, have we done? A, have, you done have we done a minute of stand up comedy outside of this? <laughs> Hey, don't belittle our fucking talent, okay? Oh, but it's true. Talent. We have never done yeah, yeah. we have never done stand-up comedy well, we're, before. We're just so naturally talented that it makes up for everything, right? Yeah, I've I've emceed <laughs> weddings, um, including uh Terence's wedding dinner. Yeah, I've made my baby uh, laugh. My baby laughs a lot when he sees me. Yeah, yeah I, I think I make my girlfriend laugh quite often. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know whether she's laughing with me or at me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but either way, yeah, so so yeah, so wow. Actually true, uh. yeah. and like Elon Musk also went to the same uni as us, right? Oh yeah, that's right, the connection. Yeah, yeah. oh my god, how, how, 
we're all, such a, we're, we're, that means he and, he and us were having that same experience. Yeah, that's the first times on a com- <laughs> first time on a live comedy show alongside other exactly. comedians. Oh, not bad. I huh? mean, just like just like Elon Musk, we also run our own business. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So yeah, we are Singapore's Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but okay, I get I get the drift. This that's my wackiness coming to to yeah, to light again. The wackiness, right? uh, yeah. Wackiness. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. cool, cool. So now, now we have come to our jingleless uh, end end of the episode. Yeah, very Elon Musk. Like, very Elon Musk. Very Elon Musk. Yeah. So as always, thank you for listening. Yeah. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with someone you know. Mm. Cool. Peace.